When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the way. We want it men. Welcome to another edition of the Smuggler's Galaxy podcast. This is episode number 13. We're actually recording this a day early because Jason and I are both off and we just got done watching The Mandalorian and we freaking can't wait to talk about it because it was just that incredible of an episode. Jason, how's your week going? It's going great. No complaints. It's a great Thanksgiving. How was yours? It was a good Thanksgiving. We just kind of hung out at the in-laws, you know, took it easy ate turkey and drank so i can't complain same here we just hung out at the house had turkey plenty of turkey 10 pounds of potatoes i saw that dude yeah i <laughs> love you... my mashed potatoes oh awesome i love a good mashed potato did you wear that uh turkey outfit all day long yes i did that's a tradition <laughs> yeah i was a turkey on display for uh, a prize like first pl- first place turkey and so i've just been wearing it ever since every thanksgiving just to embarrass my my kids uh, embarrassing the kids is the best part but before we really get into it, I just wanted to say that I'm very grateful for everybody who's listening to the show. I don't have many outlets to talk about Star Wars, so it's great talking to you every week, Glenn, and it's awesome that people are listening to us blabber on. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, we actually, we hit, uh, the last podcast hit like 52 downloads, so that's uh, pretty incredible for a little bitty podcast like us, so thank you. So yeah, definitely. Thank you everyone for listening. It's fun. It's fun watching those numbers keep rising and to see that the people are actually going back and listening to the back episodes and stuff. So yes, definitely. Thanks everybody for listening to this. So awesome. Thanks for coming along with us on this ride and listening to us talk Star Wars. Yes. Share with your friends. Tell them how awesome we are. We are awesome. (laughs) Everything is awesome. (laughs) Especially us and Star Wars. Yeah. My week, I didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, in Star Wars this week, I, I just no, I didn't buy anything. Nothing, yeah. nothing happened. Nothing, yeah, just Turkey Day and watching yeah. Black Friday sales and going, damn. Yeah, that's part of the problem is that I'm in Christmas mode, so I'm buying big things for my kids that I don't want to say in case they either hear this or listen to it later. But we we bought a couple big purchases for Christmas, so don't really have a lot for Star Wars. I did pick up that Disney St- uh, Disney store key. Um, it had the child on it. It was awesome. a exclusive for visa gift card visa um, credit card holders so we picked that up did you do that online yeah we did that online and i hope to get the remnant stormtrooper which is released in black for the black series at target this sunday oh we do need to talk about just oh we're too freaking excited about the damn mandalorian today yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, Hasbro's back on Monday. Yeah, the uh, they released the child in the three and three quarter size. Yep, they released the child in Grief Karga, but the child th- there's actually three different versions of the child coming out. Oh wow, which ones are they? The Razorcrest version has the Vac metalized Pram, um, and his he's got a smiley face with the knob shifter in his hand. He also comes with the soup cup. There's the single carded version. Um, which was announced on uh, this past Mando Monday. And he's got a more nervous expression on his face. It's kind of like that downward frown almost showing his teeth. And that version comes with the frog. And then there's the final version, the, the, the two-pack with the Mandalorian and the child. And he has like a neutral expression on that. I, I really want to know how small those things are going to be because the Black Series version is just insanely small. So I could just imagine how tiny the three and three quarter, the well, just, vintage version. Just looking at the Black Series right now and, and where he comes on the Black Series version of the Mandalorian, you know, this thing's got to be a half an inch tall. Yeah. I mean, that's teeny tiny. You're going to lose them. People are going to yeah. get pissed when they lose their baby Yodas. Each, each card back is different, too, or oh, wow. two, the two individual cards. Freaking Hasbro. That's what they do. I did some uh, digging this past week to try to find the terms of the Hasbro Disney license for Star Wars. And the only thing I could find that the, do, the deal was renewed in February of this past year, but no other terms were disclosed other than being a multi-year extension. And the deal was for both Marvel and Star Wars among like all the other Disney properties. But if it's a short-term deal or if uh, Hasbro was thinking they're going to lose the license then they're not going to be investing a lot into Star Wars because of the cost it, you know, all the cost that goes into creating those figures. I'm just thinking that we're kind of in a rebuild period right now where they, they have the license once again and they can start issuing new figures. But to get there, they have to do a lot of repacks like what's going on right now with the, the child here. I guess they're changing it up a little bit more with the child versus just painting them a different color. Yeah, the body's the same. The arm is a little bit different in some of those cases. The face is the only thing that's really different. That's just, again, speculation, and I'm just curious. At least they didn't make a Christmas-themed Baby Yoda. Not yet. Or we need to start calling them something different, but we'll get to that in a minute. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, my God. Wow. God, like it just, uh, yeah, let's just get into it, man. Okay. Because uh, I don't have anything else to talk about. We're just going to bullshit for another five minutes, and we really want to get into Mandalorian. Get into the meat of it. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. What a, as always with this show, more questions than answers, but what wonderful questions they brought up this week. Yeah, I have tons of questions. I'll save them to the end because I don't want to spoil anything in the middle of our breakdown here. I'll let you start since you're you, you're good at doing it. Okay, so this is Chapter 13, The Jedi, written and directed by the master himself, Dave Filoni. Oh, my God. The opening of this. You're, you're there, there's no question. You knew it coming out the gate. Ahsoka was going to be in this. As soon as I saw those white sabers, oh, my God. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> I thought the vibe and the aesthetic of this episode was just very special. It's very samurai-like. Like there was a very samurai feel. Even the walls to the city felt like, like some sort of samurai movie. The whole feel for this whole episode, I, I got it. Even the actors, it was like old school samurai spaghetti west slash spaghetti western. And they went back to the things that inspired the original Star Wars, which yeah. 
I think is perfect. That's exactly what you have to do for a Star Wars film or, or show or something like this. But we're on the planet Corvus, which and uh, this is the city of Caladan. We open, there's bells ringing and people are running. We see blaster fire out in this scorched forest. Someone is out there, but we don't really know who until we see, like you just mentioned, those white blades appear and they light up the face of the person holding them, who is Ahsoka Tano. Played by Rosario Dawson. I'm hearing people didn't like it, but I thought she did a great job. I think she really studied up on Ahsoka and on how Ashley spoke because the first few words out of her mouth were like, is that Ashley? Because yeah. she did such a good job with that version of Ahsoka. Why, why do you think they didn't use Ashley? Unlike Katie Sackhoff, who played Bo-Katan, Ashley's never done any live action stuff. Ashley, I mean, uh, Katie had been in Battlestar Galactica and has done live action stuff. So she knows how to act versus Ashley, who, you know, has basically just been a voice actress. And I, I think the heart, of soul, heart and soul of... Uh... Ahsoka is Dave Filoni, and he's able to guide Rosario through the character and and help her develop it in live action and tell her who the soul of the character is. Yeah, I I thought she did a good job. It didn't throw me as bad as Bo-Katan did, uh, just simply because I I guess I just, you know what you're getting with Ahsoka, and you know she's going to look weird in live action, quote-unquote weird in live action. Yeah. Uh, whereas Bo-Katan was just, it threw me a little bit. But the second watching with Bo-Katan, I got better. Uh, same thing with this and the Ahsoka. You know, you're nitpicking. When when you're looking at Ahsoka, I was kind of nitpicking, and I'm like, well, her horns or her hair should have been bigger. I don't know what they call that. Her, the hair, her hair piece should have been a little bit more dramatic because yeah. it did feel like they went to the Padawan version of Ahsoka for the hair piece uh, versus the older version. But maybe it's a live action thing. Did you did you pay attention to the music throughout this whole thing? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. The music. Okay, number number 1. Watch the Clone Wars, watch Rebels because Dave Filoni just builds and it's like layers on top of layers on top of layers and watching at least watch the the parts of you know you can research, do some research, you could see what Clone Wars lead up to Mandalorian so you don't have to watch 7 seasons of it. Yeah. And Rebels, just freaking watch all the Rebels because it's just amazing. But the music in this episode, oh, the, the you know, when they first show Ahsoka and she's talking to the lady, it's either Ahsoka's theme or Clone Wars. And it's just, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, layers upon layers, like you just said. Oh, but go ahead and keep going. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll keep going through the episode because I do have some notes here about the music. So I'll get into that too. Yeah. So I, I liked Rosario Dawson. I thought she did a great job. Um, if not Ashley, I think she was a great choice to play Ahsoka. And my wife knew who it was right away. She's famous for Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. I was like a kid on Christmas Eve last night. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I was excited. You kept checking your clock. You're like, I got up at midnight. And I'm like, no, it's not time yet. And, and you know, you get up throughout the night. and You just you can't sleep because you're like, Okay, I know what this is going to be. I know what this episode is. I woke up and first thing I did was turn it on and, and I was like, my wife, you know, it's the, we're all off to the today. And she was like, oh, it, she's like, what are we doing? And I turned it on and she goes, oh, it's Friday. So she knew what was up. And yeah. I didn't even get on my phone until 
purposely because I knew there were going to be spoilers out. We'll go back into the breakdown here. Um, Ahsoka is attacking all these invaders or soldiers. We're not sure exactly who at this point, but there's great reveals of Ahsoka. She kind of just appears in the fog with her lightsabers and then she disappears again, which I, I loved. It's definitely an aliens vibe again, or just a typical old school action. Somebody's coming to attack you vibe. And speaking of aliens, um, so hold on, we'll get back into that. So she gives, she, um, there's a magistrate who is in charge of the city and she, and Ahsoka's looking for information and she's giving the magistrate one day to surrender or she's going to make her surrender. Surrender on your own or I'll make you do it kind of thing. And there's, there's a number two there next to the magistrate who apparently, I mean, it is Michael Bean. And I kept looking at this guy like, they should have got Michael Bean for this character. I didn't recognize him <laughs> until the credits. That was the dude from RoboCop, right? No, he's from Terminator. He's from Aliens. So oh, it was okay. kind of funny that you mentioned like Alien because he was, he was in the second one. Knowing who he is now, he played himself or played the character. Yeah, he played a great character. And I thought that was perfect casting. And so after that scene, we were back in the, the Razor Crest and the child wants to play with the shifter knob. And he uses the force to get it. That damn shifter knob, dude. Yeah. That's what he loves. He loves yeah. his toys, which I'll get into it in a little bit about that, too. But Mando, Mando lands in this the city. He speaks with the magistrate who promises to give him a spear of Beskar if he kills the Jedi. Yeah. And, and really, he just wants information about where the Jedi is. So he didn't. he doesn't commit to killing the Jedi. It's just this silent gaze and she thinks that that means yes he'll do it but he never really agrees to it mm -hmm. yeah that that whole scene it definitely you're back to that old school samurai feel because you you have the the town who she's set up in the middle of and they're everybody's poor everybody's you know in poverty and then when it gets through the inner gates it's like this sanctum and yep. everything's clean and she's got you know a, a i don't for a lack of better term a koi pond surrounding yeah. this really beautiful house and yeah did um speaking of music and noises and everything did you notice what all her guards they sounded like probe droids you kept hearing like a probe droid behind them i thought they sounded like uh death troopers the droid no, i'm sorry the the droid sounded like death troopers but then the the guards i thought had a probe droid sound going no i didn't pick up on that okay that's good it's it's very faint uh, not very faint but did you notice that the uh, probe droids look, not the probe droids, the assassin droids look to have the same robes as Charid from Rogue One? No, I didn't pick up on that. I was watching for everything in the background. All the dude. little details. Yeah, speaking of details, some of the things I missed when uh, Mandalorian walks into the city, there was a droid there, a familiar droid from Return of the Jedi. I think it's the one that was being tortured in, in Jabba's palace. It was the torture droid, not the one, the tortured, the one being tortured was a... a Gonk droid, gonk droid, wasn't it? Yeah, but there was a white one that was being pulled apart. So oh, okay. It was, the, it was the previous protocol droid. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, villagers are being strung up. They're being tortured because they're not obeying the magistrate. So there's a whole samurai vibe there. And like you just mentioned, when he goes inside the inner walls, the color palette shifts a little bit. It's more colorful. Plants are alive, unlike the rest of the planet. Everything else we see, for the most part, is dead. So she's got, like, this hidden sanctuary that nobody else can get to, only her. Right. Which conveys her power in the in the city. 
and on the planet, I guess. Yeah. And apparently those HK droids, which you were just mentioning, are from the Knights of the Old Republic game, which I never played. But when I did a quick Google search, it seemed like they were part of that game. Mm-hmm. Dude, he must, Dave Filoni must love that game because he's pulling a bunch of stuff out of it. And then, so the Mandalorian agrees to, you know, find the Jedi. He goes out and, and has some sort of tracker to locate where she is. And here is where I made a comment that the music sounded very much like Blade Runner in this episode. Okay. Just like uh, long notes and different tones and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, the, the music is stellar in this episode and, and I think it stands out as some of the best so far. Awesome. But then Ahsoka drops down and she attacks the Mandalorian. We find out that Beskar Steel can deflect lightsabers. Oh, dude. That 30, there you go. Yet again, just another awesome action sequence. He wraps her up with rope, very reminiscent of Boba Fett doing that to Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah. Return of the Jedi. Um, he shoots out his rope, which wraps around Ahsoka. Ahsoka is able to jump up over a tree branch and land. And as she lands, she pulls the Mandalorian up with her. So he's strung up from a tree, and then he breaks down. And that's when there's a standoff, and she and he tells her why he's there. Yeah, and it, she stops dead in her tracks. Yeah, because that's a name she's very familiar with after Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Midweek, I realized Ahsoka was there at the siege of Mandalore. So she knows Mandalorians. Yes. Yeah. So she's familiar with it. Well, she's more than familiar with it. She's done her, her best to liberate them from Darth Maul. Right. Oh. Yeah. I didn't think I'd be this excited to see Ahsoka, but as you'll get in a minute, they have just, Dave Filoni's opened up a whole new can of worms in this episode, which yeah. I am just, Oh, I can't wait to get into. So Ahsoka and the child are silently communicating through feeling. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you, there again, you missed a part. Okay. Because when he goes, I have to talk to you. And then she looks and sees baby Yoda. All right. And is like, I hope it's about, and it's all like, she perks up and it's like, I hope it's about this little guy. I'm sure it brings back some memories and feelings of her. And, and that's when she mentions, I've seen one before. In a wise Master Yoda. I don't oh, think no. she calls him Master Yoda, but she calls him Yoda. And not yet. Oh, it's not. That's not yet. Nope. No, she says. It's, I hope it's about this little one. The next thing we see okay. them just silently communicating, and we find out it's through feelings. Yeah. Soka is learning the child, and she smiles, and it's just that 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 moment of true Ahsoka. I think like. Ahsoka sees beauty and she sees beauty in this child mm-hmm. and she's loving the expressions through the force. And I thought that again, Dave Filoni really put in the soul of Ahsoka into this character. She just drops this, this name bomb on us. Yeah. There again, here's a throwaway line. Yeah. And it's so important. His name is Grogu. Mm-hmm. We also find out definitive, definitively that he is a heat. Yeah. So Grogu, and then she goes into the backstory that he was raised in the Jedi Temple and he had many masters and he was hidden when the Empire came along and somebody took him from the Empire. Uh, someone took him when the Empire came and he was put in a, uh, hiding and he became very sad and lonely because of that. And I think he's been pulled into the darkness a little bit. That whole scene, jeez, oh, you, you really felt bad for, for Grogu. Yeah, 
you know, and I did, you're listening to it and then you hear her mention Yoda and then it just, damn it, the wife looks over at me and she goes, are you crying? And all I could do is shake my head because it was just so emotional, yeah. this whole episode. Yeah, I got goosebumps when she mentioned Master Yoda and Yoda's theme came on from Empire Strikes Back. I just thought that was extremely beautiful. Mm-hmm. A beautiful throwback at the mention of Yoda, but no mention of Yaddle. <laughs> Yaddle gets kicked to the curb once again. Uh, Poor Yaddle. Well, he was kind of freaky looking, or she, or... I think Yaddle was a she. Okay. But whatever. Then they go to um, the second spot on this planet with some greenery. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but there was moss covering all the the dead branches, the grass, the ground, the, the rocks. It was almost like this one little place on the planet where the force was still alive and bringing some green to this dead world. She pushes a rock through the air using the force and Grogu doesn't have trust in her, so he doesn't return it. He's kind of closed himself off to other people and he doesn't show the force to other people. He's only been showing it through, uh, I guess he's only shown it when the Mandalorian's around. Yeah, because this is when you learn. Is it, is it now that you learn how close they are, the two of them? Yes. Yeah, it's sort of like a take a stone from my hand grasshopper moment. Oh, yeah. Borrowing from other material, but it's literally a stone until um, she says, you know, he trusts you. So why don't you come on over here and, and you do it? And so he doesn't take the stone. But when the Mandalorian pulls out that shifter knob, Grogu takes that right away, snatches that. That's what he yeah. wants. And you can almost feel how fast he pulls it in because you, you, yeah. you hear it hit his hand, like almost like yeah. a baseball mitt. And I thought this was genius. So either Floney is a master storyteller and he's set up this shifter knob thing in, in season one, or he saw the opportunity to use that to show how much trust he has in the Mandalorian. And, and he used that for the advantage of the, of the story to push the story forward, which I thought was just genius. Either, mm-hmm. you know, either he planned it or he used it. He saw an opportunity and that's, that's a true storyteller right there. We need to get ready to, for a long game on this, on this show. The deal that they make between the Mandalorian and Ahsoka is that the Mandalorian will help liberate the city and Ahsoka will take the child Grogu to um, train him. Yep. As he was kind of told to by the um, armorer. That was the quest that she gave him. So this would be the completion of that quest. Is this when she says she can't train him or she will or, oh, no, she said she won't train him because she's seen there's so he's got a, a real power or draw to the dark side. No, she doesn't really say that so much. She basically says something like she has to be careful because he's so close to the Mandalorian that he could go to the dark side. He's got attachments and that's something the Jedi kind of pushed against having attachments with someone because if you lose that person then you're going to turn to fear and anger and hatred and that'll push you to the dark side yeah and she does it comes right to the tip of mentioning anakin but she doesn't right right she's talked about some of the people that she's lost but i i disagree with that i think the jedi should have attachment i think they should love everyone and everything and I think they should practice forgiveness um, when they do lose things. I mean, th- these are supposed to be um, wise, powerful people with only trust in the force. And so if you lose someone, you have to trust in the force that that's just part of it. Right. 
And so I think that's just the Jedi becoming less Jedi and more filled with the dark side, pushing people away, pushing Jedis away from people, from attachments. You know, they don't, to lose someone, they don't really care because they don't care about that person. They don't have the compassion. It's all about, you know, being part of the force or whatever. Right. But that's just more about the lore about Star Wars and Jedi. But um, yeah, so so she goes to the city and there's just some really great, I mean, Filoni's crushing the cinematography here with. Did you notice how like when, when Baby Yoda hears Grogu, he like, like a puppy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was cute. Because um, yes. he's recognized his name. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I hadn't heard that name in forever. Right. And then while they're walking, Mando and Ahsoka are walking through the forest and they're talking about, they're talking about the defenses that the lady has at, in this uh, town. And he goes, your laser swords are, this will be no match even for your laser swords. And as soon as he says laser swords, you see Ahsoka smile. Like you dumbass. <laughs> but now they're at the front of the town. Yeah, so they, yeah, they go, she goes to the town, she's alone. Um, she jumps up onto the wall. She slices the bell in half. She destroys some of the invaders that are taking over the town. She lands inside the walls. And there's just, like I was just saying, Filoni crushes the cinematography here with the atmosphere. There's wind blowing. There's some smoke. Ahsoka's in the middle of the frame. The door's behind. I mean, it's just an amazing shot. And, and I just wanted to applaud that and take a moment to say that was really cool. Yeah, this is this whole episode was just the cinematography and the music. It was you were watching a forty-five minute movie, um, which I knew this episode was going to be epic when I queued it up and it said forty-seven minutes, and I went, "It's going to be good." Yeah. So Ahsoka slowly approaches the magistrate, and she says, "Where's your master?" <sighs> so that that opens up more questions there than answers. Because you're yes. like, is, is the master um, Moff Gideon? Is the master Hondo Anaka, for crying out loud? Who knows? Right. Yeah, I was thinking Questions. it was going to be Moff Gideon, but yeah, you're just like, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Moff Gideon, too. Oh. Um, but we, we did learn a little bit more about, I guess her name is Morgan Elsbet too, in the forest. That's the name of the magistrate, and she was, her people were killed during the Clone Wars. And so yeah. we learned a little bit more about her backstory, too why she is like a crime lord almost when they face off when they finally face off the two of them i was expecting ahsoka to say old friend or something along those lines and part of me was like please don't let it be sabine please don't let it be sabine and just in my oh. in the back of my mind i was thinking you know that's where i was thinking i knew it couldn't be sabine but i'm like don't don't know i didn't i didn't think that at all not to say like well, I didn't think that. Or right. I just no, that didn't cross my mind. Maybe I'm just so ready to freaking see yeah. Sabine in this in this show that yeah. I'm like you were doing last week, just casting stuff, and my mind's yeah. like you know. They decide to try to blast Ahsoka. She jumps on rooftops, which again is like samurai um, films. It's just amazing shots, and she takes off, and all the guards follow after her. And once they kind of break up, the Mando flies in to save the prisoners who are strung. Um, kind of in these electrocution kind of pods outside of the inner city wall. So he comes down and he saves them. Spotted a little cat. Dave yeah. can't help himself but drop those in. There were two of them in there. 
Yeah, I didn't see the first one. I only saw the second one that kind of... Yeah, the first one was really, really fast, and it was uh, in the foreground, and I just happened, you, you see something move, and you're like, hey, loathe cat. Yeah, my son spotted I didn't. Even my, my second viewing, I didn't see it. Yeah. But then Ahsoka knocks out one of the HK droids. That's where Michael Bean shows up, and he's about to, like, be one-on-one. The, the HK droids show up. She takes out one of them and then takes off. The second HK droid kind of jumps up onto a roof and flips up and, and goes to tra- uh, chase her down. A very Western feel with, and samurai feel at the same time. Ahsoka drops in on the magistrate, and there's a big face-off there. The Mandalorian faces Michael Bean. That's a very Western feel. Um, there's a nod between Ahsoka and the magistrate. It's almost like a nod of respect. We're both warriors, and we're about to fight. They have an understanding about what needs to be done. When the magistrate when the magistrate knocks the spear on the ground and you hear that clang, I mean, that is just like, this is my weapon and I will use it kind of moment. It's almost like a samurai kind of feel again. And you can't forget the robe drop. No. Both- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Very Obi-Wan Kenobi prequel feel to it. Yes, yeah. Taking off the extra layer of clothes that are that are to protect them from the elements, but not from battle. Yeah. Yep. God. And then you finally get to see yet again, Beskar versus lightsaber. Yes. And I had some, uh, I love that scene, but I'm like this, this person went up against Darth Vader and lived. So anyone else shouldn't be a problem, but here she lost, you know, one of her lightsabers in the battle, which was an interesting way to escalate the tension for a viewer, the dramatic tension. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's just no way. My issue with that scene was I thought she was holding her lightsabers wrong because I, I need to rewatch, and I meant to rewatch the uh, Darth Maul versus Ahsoka arc in the Clone Wars just so I could see if maybe she was holding her lightsabers normal. But she's always held at least the short one underhand. She does switch it at one point. When I when I saw her swap, swap the hold on it and how she flipped it around and grabbed it underhand i was like it, now she's absolutely. done playing yeah absolutely but yeah i could feel you on that one and i didn't think that i was more worried that it to me it just the fighting style theme seemed wrong because i'm so used to seeing ahsoka hold her lightsabers underhand yeah and she was holding them both overhand and i, I don't know if i'm saying saying it correctly i know there's got to be tech more technical she has a reverse. I think it's more of a reverse hold where if you're holding it in your hand and the lightsaber's kind of going up, Ahsoka would flip it around so the lightsaber's pointed down. Right. And at least the short one, she always held yeah. down. Maybe because it's not a lightsaber that she's fighting. She's fighting a spear. And she's also like taking her time with it. The first couple shots were just more of like introductory warming up kind of things, I think. Because they kind of pause when she hits the spear. It's just a moment of, you know, tension. It it definitely it felt like they were all feeling each other out and seeing yeah. what you yeah. know was going on. And I liked so they cut back out outside the inner city walls and the Mandalorians there faced off with, I think his character name was Lang if I'm not mistaken, if I heard that right. But they're they're listening to the women fight and they're kind of like, okay, which side's going to win? And then we never see what happens to the magistrate. Um, Ahsoka kind of gets her in a place where, you know, it's like checkmate, you lose. And we kind of cut back out and we see Michael Bean say, sounds like you win because, you know, she's dropped the spear. 
And that's when he, he goes to put his shotgun down. About the time he gets the shotgun on the ground, he reaches for his blaster. Yeah. And Mando is just a little bit faster. And when the Mandalorian first meets, uh, is doing that standoff, talking about the music, um, there's a boom kind of in the background, like, woo It's kind of like a stand-in for that. And even the music kind of goes, afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone loves my... <laughs> abilities here but that's yeah it's very reminiscent of the old spaghetti westerns and yeah it's just a 10 out of 10 almost for this this episode on on every front front, we cut back to inside the wall and ahsoka's asking a question oh my god oh my oh where is your master where is grand admiral thrawn and at this point i yelled and my wife goes Glenn, what's the matter with you? <laughs> and I was like, you don't know what that means. Yeah. You don't know. Sorry, I'm losing my shit right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I was like, you don't know what that name means to me. You don't know what that name <laughs> being brought up in this episode yeah. means. Yeah. It's They're uh... going to bring, sorry, I'm losing my shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Grand Thrawn is still, <laughs> yeah. So we know we know that Ahsoka knows that Grand Animal Thrawn is alive and is out in the universe somewhere, and he's controlling um, some forces of sorts. Before we close out the show, you know, there's a couple things that I okay. We'll we'll come back to this moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, what has become a Thrawn, and why is he in charge of pirates and not the Empire? Is he you know is he still in charge of the Empire? Did he come back into the fold and is now using because the empire's weakened has is he using pirates and marauders now as part of his forces to spread the 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 power of the empire throughout the galaxy still if not is is he using this as a way to strengthen his abilities in in commanding forces and then taking over the empire someday yeah i personally you know, we're five years out from Return of the Jedi. This is heir to the Empire territory. I would, more than anything in this show, would, or more than anything in the universe right now, in the Star Wars universe, would love to have Thrawn be in charge of the Empire. Yeah. I mean, that's that's where this has to be. I mean, we don't know who's in charge. We kind of assume Moff Gideon is. The Empire could be fractured, and there could be multiple people in charge of multiple fractions, and Moff Gideon might have one. Grand Admiral Thrawn might have another. Maybe they're not unified yet to the First Order. There's a lot of questions we don't know. I was trying to figure it out this morning as far as the timetable, uh, timeline. From what I can remember, Rebels ends right about the time Rogue One begins, right in that era. And then they do the prologue, which is five years after. So that would put it roughly Return of the Jedi when they go to search for... when. Sorry if I'm going to ruin it. If you well, haven't watched Rebels, go freaking watch Rebels. But I can't... It's spoiler alert for Rebels. When Sabine and Ahsoka take off to go look for Ezra and Thrawn because they disappear in into the universe. Is Thrawn back? Have they found him? Are they still looking for him? How is he controlling stuff? Did he come... You, you know, what's going on? Because in my mind, I'm just thinking him and Ezra are still traveling through time and through space but maybe they stopped and he's able to set stuff up and it was just an instantaneous trip you know but in my mind he's still traveling through hyperspace but maybe he's not and 
God, this brought up so much. Yeah, I think Ahsoka's looking for Thrawn because she's looking for Ezra. She made a promise to, to try to find him to someone along the way if she's that dedicated to finding him and not trying to you know prevent the Empire from growing in strength. Yeah, the question is, where is Ezra? Is he captured by Thrawn? Is he, did Thrawn make a deal? You know, we're stuck out here in the middle of nowhere. You're free to go. There's nothing I can do. I don't think Ezra would do that. Did Ezra get killed by Thrawn? Which I don't think would happen because you'd want to see that on screen. That's a story worth telling. I can't wait for that story, dude. That's a show in of itself. The Thra- the Ezra. Sorry, I'm so this this episode. This so has excited. got me so excited and so emotional. I'm so excited. I love these characters so much that he's getting yeah. ready to bring back. And I'm sure you can hear it in my voice, but Dave Filoni, you're a fucking master. Thank you so much for doing this show and just teasing these characters again. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Dave Filoni. Ahsoka is looking for information. If she finds finds one of them, she thinks she's going to find the other. Yeah. And I think Ezra's kind of more... I think Thrawn has more impact in the galaxy if he's, you know, moving the chess pieces once again. So she'll see his work a little bit more than she'll see um, Ezra's. Mm-hmm. So if she if she tracks down Thrawn, she's going to find out where Ezra is. I could also see Thrawn, you know, if Ezra doesn't kill Thrawn and Thrawn finds a way to get his power back, he's probably going to strand Ezra on a planet. Um, kind of like you said, you spared my life, I'll spare yours and then we're even. Uh-huh. I, could, I could see um, Thrawn doing something like that. Because he's always thinking five steps ahead, ten yeah. steps ahead. Um, it's best to strand him on a uh, planet where he doesn't have the ability to get off planet and, and do damage in the universe if he's all alone. And then going to that theory, I, I know we're jumping ahead, but or, or I could come back to it. But I, Here, Let me finish the episode. You finish your episode and then I want to come back to this part. So we never see what happens to the magistrate. We don't know if she's kept prisoner for the, everyone in the city or if she, if uh, Ahsoka kills her, which I doubt happens. I think Ahsoka got to the point where she surrenders and Ahsoka's not going to kill someone who's surrendered. Then we, we cut to the Mandalorian, gets the Beskar spear as part of his reward for um, helping liberate the city. Um, and... And Ahsoka asks, what about the child? And, and he says, you know, I left the child on the ship. He goes, gets the child on the ship. And here we see the Mandalorian struggle with it a little bit because he's got feelings for Grogu. He, it's a father-son bond, and it's very strong. And he's a protector, and he feels if he lets this child go and something happens to it, you know, he's going to be regretful. At least that's how I read it, when I, what I bring to the show when I watch it. I don't think he has the ability to let the child go anymore. While that's happening, and, and they have that shot of the the um, razor crest that just is lingering on that, and I'm like something, I'm thinking something's going to happen. I thought maybe Moth Gideon would pop up, or hell, even how amazing would that would have been if Thrawn would have popped up at that moment, but it, nothing bad happens. Then Ahsoka does show up at the ship, and she says that she can't take him, that they have to go to Tython, which has an ancient temple on it. They don't say it's a Jedi temple. She just says ancient temple. And she places, he needs to place him, the Mandalorian needs to place the child on a seeing stone at the top of the mountain, and Grogu, Grogu will reach out into the forest and determine his own path, which I, I appreciate that the child has some say in his path going forward. 
And that's where we kind of leave it. I love I love the smile Ahsoka gives as the ship takes off. It it reminds me when the the red lights of the ship kind of reflect on her face. It reminded me of Yoda watching Luke leave for Cloud City in a way. Yeah. But her she was smiling, and I felt like she was feeling something in the Force. Um. And that's just what I kind of took away as, from that last shot. It was just a very special last shot of Ahsoka just smiling and feeling something, I think. Obviously, she's thinking, feeling joy, but it's like, what about it? What, what's going on there? What if Ezra is the Jedi that they find? What if it's a dark, what if, what if it's a dark Jedi that responds and brings him? What if Ezra is a dark Jedi at this point? Oh, my God. And he brings him to the Empire. I still, I'm still especially after this last episode, when we see the bond between father and son, there's a lot now to lose for the Mandalorian. Uh-huh. And so the worst thing that could possibly happen to him is to lose the child. And I think he is going to lose the child at the cliffhanger. Something's going to happen. I, I have that feeling that either Moth Gideon will get him or that dark Jedi. Shoot. What if the cliffhanger is freaking Ezra? And the, oh, sorry, the rebels crew means the world to me. Yeah. Those those characters yeah. are just I love those characters and just knowing that the possibility of them showing up in this TV show blows my mind. Let me get into one little piece here that I have a problem with this episode and this season in general. Um and then we can go into speculation of where the Rebels crew is right now. Okay. The driving force of this show can easily become cameos and stunt appearances. It's gonna be more about you know, who's going to show up in the next episode then? The story itself, which I'm a little afraid of, that it's easily becoming that with Cobb Vanth, Boba Fett, Bo-Katan, Ahsoka, and now Thrawn. It's like, who's next? Luke Skywalker? I just don't want the, I don't want the show to become all these cameos and, and Ezra and Zeb and Hera and all that. You know, I just, I don't know. I feel like, that, I feel like that's a separate story that should be told. I don't feel like it should be the Mandalorian story. I agree a thousand percent with that i am fearing that yeah it is it's like okay who's gonna pop up and oh nobody good popped up so it's a crappy episode it it definitely this season has been fan service and it has been let's see what happens jumping off of what you're saying uh, episode two this season there was no cameos episode one had boba fett and cobb vanth episode three had bo katan episode four maybe had snoke episode five had ahsoka when you look at season one it was a pretty thorough story there was a couple one-offs but it was all in introducing new characters and you know i still want to see bill burr's character return for some vengeance i don't know bill burr oh the bald guy the bald guy uh, what is it renhold renard renard reynolds renard something like that yeah who the guy with all the guns that yeah. that's a whole nother story that they can bring back yeah i want it to be more about the mandalorian i don't want it to feel like a saga film i don't want it to seem like Again, the thri- the driving factor, the driving force and energy of this this show is cameos and stunt appearances. Because I brought something up like that last week with yeah. everybody, you know, they bring up they'll bring a character back and it's for one episode right. instead of you know I I was really hoping Ahsoka would look at him and go I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you, you know, and hop on the ship and and ride shotgun, but. That didn't happen. I, and there's a lot of theories that this is going to kind of springboard her own show. show, or at least of, of an eight-episode, one-season 
eight episode thing because Disney Plus has a bunch of that stuff. Limited series. Yeah, limited series, which would I think would be amazing to wrap that up in one more season. Kind of like uh, Kenobi is going to be a limited series. Yeah, I, I, I'd be happy with an eight limited series, Ahsoka, Sabine, because I, I, it doesn't need to be drawn out. That can be told, I think, in eight episodes, especially on Disney Plus where they're giving him the freedom to do what he wants to do. I don't want it to be, it'd be nice to get back to storyline because it is sort of like, all right, go to this planet, go to that planet. Even into the grander scheme of things, I mean, Chewbacca could show up in one episode. Oh, jeez. And he's still around. Yeah. He breaks off from uh, Han for a little bit. He can go on an adventure with the Mandalorian, and I don't, I don't necessarily want that because it's getting too close to the Skywalker saga. But going back to speculation, so, you know... I, we kind of assume that this is post that epilogue scene in Rebels. I don't know. I if Thrawn is is controlling some of the Empire, it has to be. Uh, I thought, you know, when I did my research, this just real quick this morning, I thought it might have been concurrent, you know, running at the same time, but it has to be afterwards. So. And maybe, you know, like I said, in my mind, I, I was just thinking that him and Ezra are traveling, traveling through space. Maybe they did find a planet somewhere and they are in a starship. Right. And, you know, I'm sure there's people in that starship. He's got to have stormtroopers. Uh, you know, people running that star, star destroyer. And maybe Thrawn was able to get his act together and, and start running some of this stuff again. Last shot of Rebels, we see Sabine going with Ahsoka to fly off to find Ezra. Yeah. That was the promise she kind of made. So now we we know that Ahsoka's on her own, which means at some point they we can only assume that they broke up, not necessarily like in a negative way, but you know you go your way, see what you can find. I go my way, and we'll rendezvous somewhere else, possibly. Right. Hera and I think his name is Jason. Yeah. A great name. <laughs> they're uh, they're off doing their own thing. They're actually fighting with the rebels, with the with the uh... post Return of the Jedi. Yeah, they he she says that they they fought in the Battle of Yevon, I believe. Well, that's or Yevon is is that Yevon and a New Hope or Yevon? What what yeah, when does yeah, the... Battle of Yevon is a New Hope? So we're post Return of the Jedi, so we're post the second Death Star. So maybe Battle of Endor, but they they mention that they fight with the yeah. Rebels. Well, yeah, I mean they show up in Rogue One, right? I think they show up in um, Rise of Skywalker. The the ghost is in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't know if Hera's in there, but there's a possibility Hera could show up, and we don't know what she's doing right now. Yeah. The last we saw of Thrawn... Oh, let's jump back to um, the big guy himself. Zeb. Zeb. Zeb went to his home planet, right? Yeah, they took uh, Callus to his home planet. Yeah, and that's kind of into the sunset with those characters, I would assume. Yeah. I don't think we'll see them again. I don't think the relevance of the story. I think they had their happy ending. I got a theory, or I've actually heard a, a, a interesting theory about those two that they were actually a couple. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody was like, "Yeah, they're a couple." You know, it's been a while, but there was a theory that they were a couple. There's a bromance there. <laughs> yeah, could work. Hey, if Lando and L three could be a couple, I guess yeah. they could work with Zeb and Callus. Sure, let's include everyone. Right. <laughs> But I, yeah, I think they're 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 in a good place and they're not coming back. Finally, Thrawn and Ezra, as we've kind of been talking, Ezra kind of has Thrawn alone on a star star destroyer, and um, he takes off into hyperspace, 
And we believe that they're continuously shooting through hyperspace, through unknown regions, probably even outside of the Star Wars galaxy. But we don't know any of that. We just know that they've taken off into hyperspace without any coordinates. Right. I mean, there's a good chance that they could have hit a planet or something on their way, which doesn't seem like the case now that we've seen this past episode. Yeah. Yeah, the speculation is what happens after that? Did Thrawn make a deal with Ezra? Did Thrawn find a way to strategically outmaneuver Ezra? Um, did Ezra just assume that Thrawn is, you know, kind of off the, the chess table, so to speak, and he's free to go and find his own path? Who knows? Dave Filoni just opened up a big can of worms that I've been wondering for the last, since that, since Rebels ended, what happened to those characters? Because he left that show open-ended. He did it with Clone Wars. He brought Clone Wars back after years of being shut down does that mean that the rebels will come back but live action or they'll bring it into the cartoon oh i'm geez yeah this episode just brought up so many questions i mean if there is one answer it's that dave filoni is still working on those characters yeah and so i'm sure he's working on a story for sabine and ezra and thrawn you know, who who is your dream casting? Well, let's do that real quick because we have some time here. Okay. Who's your dream casting for Thrawn? Oh, geez. Uh, I have to go back to I, I keep saying the guy uh Cumberbun. I oh, think he Benedict Cum- Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch, I think he'd do good, but you gotta do somebody who has just can act dry. I did see I gotta go back to was it uh Chicago, Celebration Chicago, they had the big banner big mural of all the episodes one you know one through nine and then they had one for rogue one and solo and then they had one for rebels the rebels one thrawn looked awfully like pierce brosnan i personally think lars mickelson who did the voice who is an actor um he he was on sherlock okay with with, uh benedict cumberbatch he's also mad mad milkinson mickelson let me Mickelson. see. I think it is. I think it's Mad Milkelson. Oh my God! Yes, but didn't he play? He was in Solo, wasn't he? Who, Mad or Lars? Lars. No. Okay, he looks an awful lot like the bad guy in Solo. No. Yes, I know who you're talking about. That's Paul Bettany. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Now that I see him, I I can imagine him being a Thrawn. Yeah, he also played the Russian. Um, Prime Minister, I think, in uh, House of Cards. I think when he casted his voice, he was perfect. I think, like, if we ever got a live-action Kanan, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. Vanessa Marshall would be perfect as Hera, which is, again, disappointing why they didn't use Ashley for Ahsoka. I think a lot of people are, are disappointed in that. I think um, Ashley the most. Say that Ashley the most? Yeah, I think she's disappointed the most, which I can understand. I don't think there's a better person to carry the star Wars mantle it, it, to carry that to the next generation. Cause she is just, she is Ahsoka. She has, she's made a career out of being Ahsoka, which not many people are willing to do. You know, she's, she's does the clothing line. She's shows up at stuff. you'll see videos of her showing up at, at a convention with cupcakes to give to the fans and just, she gives her time and she's just Ashley Eckstein is what Star Wars needs to be. I think she she embodies everything that that is good in the Star Wars universe and brings it out to the real world. And 
not being an Ahsoka fan two, three years ago, I'm becoming an Ahsoka fan through everything, you know, rewatching Rebels and, and watching Clone Wars and just seeing the stuff that, Ashley, you don't have a choice but to like her. She's the good in Star Wars. Yeah. I think you said it perfectly. I don't know what, what else to add to that. What about Sabine? Do you have any dream casting for Sabine? I hadn't even. Ezra? Jeez. Uh, See, I'm, I'm, I suck at this kind of stuff because I've never even thought about it. I think Ezra would be cool if he came back with a beard like Kanan, like he's following his master. Yeah. Oh, who would be a good... You'd have to get like a younger actor, you know, somebody, I guess somebody maybe a little bit unknown. But yeah, dude, I, I suck at this kind of stuff. Who would I want to be? Just true to character, I guess. Like Rosario Dawson was as good as she could do. Um, true to the character. Mm-hmm. There was some wisdom in Ahsoka in this episode. You know, there was some history. You could tell that this was uh, a somebody who trusts in the Force, had seen some things, um, is not a Jedi, but is pretty close to being a Jedi for all intents and purposes. Who would be your dream casting for, for these guys? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I, <don't have> <laughs> I was hoping you did. <laughs> I, I haven't really thought about it that much. I'm just, oh. I think it's a little drawn. I just want Lars to be drawn. I think he would make an awesome throw. No, now knowing who he is and seeing him, I, I, and knowing, yeah, I think he could act dry with that little bit of. Oh, he, you said he was the voice, right? Yes, but Mads was in uh, Rogue One. He played um, Generoso's dad. Okay. That's who he was. So then he can't be thrown. No, he can't be thrown, but the brother could be. Yeah. Duh. People are probably yelling at us as they were listening. <laughs> no, they were solo. You were in solo. Uh... No, it's Rogue One. Yeah. Sorry, we're we're in overload mode right now because of Ahsoka in this episode. We're not thinking about much other than how awesome it was and feeling things. This yeah, this episode was it's it's got me all torn up and then talking to you about it's got me even more torn up and just hearing freaking Grad Admiral Thrawn's name again and her saying it like she did. It just to me just that mention ugh. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, Just because it be, is, it opens the whole can of worms up again. I'll be heartbroken if Thrawn's not in charge of the Empire right now. It would make sense. He should be. And I mean, how much of the uh, the Thrawn trilogy are they going to want to bring back? I have to re- I've been meaning to reread those, but I keep finding new books to read. And I, I haven't read the, the Thrawn tri- trilogy in years. Yeah, it's been a couple years since I reread them. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if he's in charge of the Empire and he's trying to bring back... I don't know. I see Thrawn as somebody looking forward and not back and looking forward to seeing what needs to be done. I don't see him trying to bring back the Emperor mm-hmm. or Snoke. And that's well, just my personal take on the character, and I could be wrong. But I just don't see him being, you know, saying, we need to get back the Emperor. We need to... Um, I Based on some of those books that he was... that Timothy Zahn's been recently writing... Thrawn is using the empire for order. He's not using it because he believes in it necessarily. And so I just think he'll be using the empire again for order. I don't think he necessarily thinks the emperor. I don't think he has loyalty for the emperor. Uh-huh. I don't think he needs to bring him back. Well, maybe Moth Gideon is kind of working in the background and, and he doesn't know about it. So he's got this secret project going on. Yep. And, and then yep. we'll see a, Oh, could you imagine seeing a battle with him and Thrawn? That would be amazing. 
because Thrawn can kick some ass when he needs to. Oh, and there was the last – oh, what was his name? It was just a throwaway line in Rebels, Captain Pelion, if mm-hmm. I'm saying that right. He was in Rebels. Oh, jeez. And he's in Thrawn? Uh, the, he's the, in Heir to the Empire. He's kind of the second command that kind of reports to Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was in some of the other books too. Let me pull this up. Forget it. Cut <laughs> all this out because I'm so unprepared. Uh, we were just so excited to freaking record this morning. We just couldn't stand it. It's like, we got to get this out. Yeah, and I'm sure you're going to watch it a third time just to watch how she holds the lightsabers. And yeah. But I think I'm going to go have more turkey. And then I'm going to go to um, Ollie's because I saw that they had some vintage collection figures. I don't know if they have them at our place, but there's a couple old vintage collection figures, old from like last year that I still need. Um, and I'm hoping I can track them down there. Uh, I, I just want to give a quick shout out. Uh, December 5th, there's a toy swap in Powder Springs. Uh, you can find it just called Toy Swap Meet. Just Google it in off Facebook. It's, it's outside. This is Martin, who used to uh, help run Toylana. He runs Retroville Toys. He, uh, he's been doing it. He, uh, I think this is his third or fourth one. Uh, it's lots of fun. It's outside. It's social distance. They do all the, you know, follow everything. It's cool to get her out and see some more people that we hadn't seen in a while. So if you guys are not looking for anything or looking for something to do on the fifth, uh, check that out. And if you are not fans of, or, or followers of the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars collectors on Facebook, make sure you make sure you read our rules and agree and join us because we have some holiday specials coming up. Yeah, that's going to be fun. We're going to be doing that, uh, here soon try to bring some of the holiday joy to everybody we got some big names right supposed to be yes yeah, yeah we actually we do we got one pretty big name that well i don't know if yeah we, we haven't announced anything and i don't know when this is going up so yeah this will be up on monday so okay. yeah we got at least one big name that i know of maybe some more uh so it'll be a fun fun week of events It'll be awesome i can't yep. wait i'm really excited this is, oh. this is the Star Wars that's missing this year because there's no Star Wars movie. Yeah, that and can't get together because of COVID and they canceled Celebration and canceled all the good toy shows. And right. that's what I like about the stuff on the 5th is you're at least able to see people and enjoy the toys again. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, I guess that's it. We've, yeah. we've talked enough and time to go get some more turkey and yes. do Mash some Black it. Friday shopping. Yep, absolutely. Look us up, Georgia Alliance of Star Wars collectors on facebook yeah. uh jason where can they find you i uh, go to instagram jason wasulko w-a-s-u-l-k-o i'm on there you can find us on the smugglers galaxy facebook page yep and, and on instagram and so shoot us some emails uh smugglers galaxy uh, at gmail.com we'll probably read it on here because we haven't got an email yet and we really want to read an email online <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to us ramble on for an hour about the Mandalorian and how we don't know where the heck it's going. And yeah, send us some of your theories, shoot us and we'll read them and we'll see you again next week. This is the way. Grogu's the way. (laughs) 